Hello and welcome to episode number 26 of News of the Nerd, a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books and anything else remotely nerdy. And today we will be talking about the latest movie in the DCEU, which is Blue Beetle. I am Jason and I'm here with my brother slash co-host, Ben. Hello. Hello, Ben. How are you doing? You okay? I'm good. Tired from a full day of working. You don't work hard, though, so it's all right. Hey. So are you excited to talk about Blue Beetle? I am. I enjoyed it. It's just two days since we saw it, so it should be pretty fresh in your mind. Um, I think it's had time to settle in as well. There's there's one bit of news that I wanted to touch on just because it's come out in the last uh, few days. I mean, it's not even really news. It's kind of a rumour, but it seems to be pretty widely reported. So I think there's probably some truth to it. And this is the rumoured runtime for the Marvels. Have you seen this? Uh, no, I haven't. So the rumour is that the Marvels will be just over an hour and a half, which will make it the shortest film in the MCU so far. It's just over what, sorry? Just over an hour and a half. Okay. So what do you think to that? Do you have any feelings, any thoughts, any knee-jerk reactions? Do you think Brie Larson's a woke feminazi or something? (laughs) Because yeah, for some reason, that's most of the comment sections about the the runtime for the Marvels is people angry at Brie Larson. <laughs> Can we just put out there that Brie Larson is a funny, beautiful human being? Brie Larson's a queen, and he's protecting at all costs. True. <laughs> I don't know. Is 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 an hour and a half too short? I don't know. Honestly, I miss shorter movies i miss movies that are like an hour and a half that used to be like the standard for films that's what i think it like it used to be the standard so they're kind of going back to their how long let's pick a iron man i bet that were around two hours maybe like 150 okay okay 126 minutes iron man was so that's around two hours then, yeah. Especially when you take out trailers. No, credits. Yeah, so just under two hours-ish. So it's so it's about two hours, yeah. Um, but I'm honestly, just wondering, are they trying to go back to Roots after a few not-so-good films? Well, I don't think it's particularly going back to, like, MCU Roots. I feel like it's more just not... not unnecessarily bloating it like this gives me more uh hope yeah this gives me more hope for the film because i feel like it it could be you know all killer no filler yeah there's not going to be any nothing unnecessary in there yeah it's all it's it's going to be packed tight from start to finish no lulls and that's what we want and some films you know an avengers film or Something like Civil War or your your big event films like that. Yeah, make them two and a half hours. That's fine. But for the standalone films, I think I think an hour and a half to an hour and three quarters is plenty. Yeah, I 
it does give me hopes that it's going to be nice and condensed and everything's going to be very well like structured and leading on for each other and just you're not going to sit there like come on next like next scene come on yeah i am worried after i've watched the trailer a few more times because it's a great trailer it is a really good trailer and i do just just keep watching it and then getting that beastie boy song stuck in my head and then playing that on repeat on spotify the the, the main concern i have is that kamala's family are only going to be in that one scene that's in the trailer I want Kamala's lots family. of great. I want lots of Kamala's family, mainly and, her dad. And what I really want is for them to end up in space with her, just screaming, and just you know, just being along for the ride and being the supportive, loving family that they are. <laughs> um, is, is there anything else? I mean, the only other thing that I've seen this morning actually is uh, the Doctor Who Facebook page have confirmed who uh, Rose is in the new Doctor Who specials, uh, Yasmin Finley's Rose. So have you watched Heartstopper? No. Have you not? It's a great series. Uh, it's, it's just a, a, a nice uh, school drama about two young lads that uh, fall in love. And one of them, you know, has been out as gay for ages and the other one is kind of discovering his sexuality. Yeah. But, you know, it's just a, a really nice, wholesome show. Uh, and Yasmin fin- Finley is in that, and she's a trans actress, plays a trans character in that show. Uh, so this is her character, uh, Rose. But it's been confirmed in the post today that she is Rose Noble, the daughter of Donna Noble. Okay. So Okay. So I thought that was interesting. It'd be interesting to know like where the name comes from. So I thought yeah. at first maybe she was like an alternate universe rose or something like that. Um, but I, I wonder if because because Donna has obviously had all her memories of the Doctor wiped, as some seeping through. Yeah, I wonder if there's just some sort of like bleed effect in there. And this one name just keeps coming to her all time. Yeah. But it'd be a, it'd be a nice little homage, a nice way to to pay respects to the character of Rose Tyler, without having to get Billy Piper back for it, and you know I wouldn't complain if there was some Billy Piper cameo in there somewhere. Maybe we get a nice little uh, a nice moment with with Rose and her Doctor in her universe that are living happily ever after. Maybe they've got kids by now. Maybe. Maybe he's dead. <laughs> yeah. What that what that put up a spanner it works. I came back he dies. <laughs> what else has there been? Oh, the other thing that I've seen since we last recorded is a lot of people, a lot of a lot of DC fans, and I say fans in in in, in speech marks. Well, you can't see my air quotes on the for podcast. For those of the visually impaired, he's currently doing air quotes. <laughs> a lot of DC fans like to find any excuse to hate on James Gunn because they're not actually DC fans. They're actually just Snyderverse fans and anything that deviates from that slightly is is the devil incarnate. So what you're saying is they don't actually like superhero movies. They just like... They're like Zach Schneider's movies. fucking shambles of a 
They're just like Edgelord movies. That's what it is. Uh, So some people have dug up some Facebook comments from 11 years ago of James Gunn slating, absolutely slating the Tim Burton Batman movie, like the first Batman movie. Like he, he really hated it. Uh, but it's been a fairly big story in, on like comics, uh, movie, superhero movie, Facebook pages and sites in the last week. I, so that's why I've mentioned it, but I really don't care. But I thought I should bring it up anyway. <laughs> I d- do you know what? I just don't really care. But let's talk about it anyway. I'm mentioning it because I don't. I, have you have you read these at all? I haven't. No. Let's have a look then. So in these comments, he says that Keaton Keaton had a ridiculous voice. That said, I'd rather put up with a ridiculous voice than a horrible action sequences and acting barely worthy of the Batman TV show. I have no idea how you can think the Burton Batman has more similarities with Moro Miller's Batman than Nolan's does. I have problems with Nolan f- films. I don't think either one is classic, and I don't even really think Batman Begins is good, but they're far superior to the first Batman, which I I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, he does go on to say something that I do agree with, and this is a very controversial like superhero movie opinion. Uh, he says that Jack Nicholson as the Joker is Jack Nicholson in The Shining with shitty clown makeup. Which, yeah. <laughs> like, pe- people talk about Jack Nicholson's Joker like it is like one of the best performances. It's not, it's not, I, I don't like Jack Nicholson's Joker. I think mostly I don't like the, the backstory behind it. I don't like that Jack Nicholson's Joker is Joe Chill. Like, they reveal his actual name. He is Joe Chill, and he is the person who killed Batman's parents. And that amount of backstory to the Joker is never a good thing. The Joker is better. The Joker is better when he is mysterious. He is a force of nature. Uh, That's one of the things I don't like about the Joker movie is, like, I don't want to know this guy's origin because it takes the mystery out of him. Uh, Also, if, if Batman actually caught the person who killed his parents, I feel like he wouldn't need to be Batman anymore. Like I feel like he, he goes out and he he goes out and punches crime in the face because he can't punch the person who killed his parents in the face. If he found out who that was and was able to kick the shit out of him, I feel that would be therapeutic enough that he wouldn't have to be the Batman. Just anymore. hang everything up. He's like, right, that's my job done. Let me go be a billionaire. Yeah, because that is that is what he's doing. He's like he's taking out his past traumas on anyone who he thinks it could possibly maybe be. James going up. It's finished off the comment with "fuck you" and "fuck you" and everyone involved with that travesty. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. There's a lot of things I do like about the Tim Burton Batman film. Uh, How many whiskey this had James Gunn had before writing that tweet? Sorry, that X. Uh, no, no, I think this was a this was a Facebook post. <laughs> this is, oh, that's so James Gunn is like everyone else that uses Facebook just goes on there to bitch. Well, this is a Facebook post from eleven years ago. This isn't even a recent I... thing. Yeah, but they'll dig it up. But, you know, a lot of people have been saying that this is 
proof that we should be worried about the, the future of the DC movies. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I don't care if he doesn't like Tim Burton's Batman film. You know what? I, I like the fact that he has strong opinions about it. No matter what they are, I like the fact that he is that passionate about it. And that bodes well for him as a a creative working in these movies. And, you know, we've already seen from the superhero movies he's done what he can do. He's made two fantastic Guardians films and one decent Guardians film. <laughs> and he's made a great Suicide Squad film, so much better than the first one. If you're going to use an 11-year-old Facebook comment as proof he doesn't know what he's talking about, rather than the fact that he regularly makes great superhero media, then, you know... Can we all just agree that Heath Ledger ruined Joker for everyone to ever come? Heath Ledger is a great take on the Joker. Was. No, that take on the Joker still exists. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is a great take on the Joker, but it is not the only take on the Joker. And there are many more interesting things that you can do yeah. with that character. Because, as I say, he's a force of nature. And even in the comics, he's gone through so many different iterations and transformations and that that there isn't just one take. It's not like, well, Heath Ledger's done the definitive one now. There is still a lot that can be done with that character and hopefully will be done. I just think Heath Ledger's Joker is like my perfect representation of what Joker is in my mind. I think I used to feel like that. When I first watched that film, I've, yeah, I, I was blown away by that performance and every time I watch it I do really love that performance but since then I've kind of got more into Batman lore and 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 I see the opportunities for more different takes on the Joker and just like Mark Hamill's Joker in the animated series is it's a voice performance but that is an equally fantastic portrayal of the Joker and it's very different to Heath Ledger's and there's room for both of them to exist. Yeah, definitely. There's always, always room to expand on every character and show them in different lights. Like every every Batman is different in different ways, and every Superman that's been has been different in very different ways. I think obviously some much better than not. But I think there's always another take that you can... I, that's why superheroes movies, I don't think, will ever be exhausted because there is a, always another spin you can put on yeah. that character. Okay, so if Heath Ledger is, like, your Joker, who is your Batman? Who do you think I'm going to say? Are you going to say Christian Bale? Yeah. To be Bad. fair, I've not seen the Batman. I started to watch it, but it was the middle of the day. And it's such a dark film, I couldn't see shit. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the Batman is a good film. Apparently, I, Robert Pattinson's Batman is very good. I, I don't think he's a definitive Batman. He's definitely not a definitive Bruce Wayne. Christopher Nolan just got my perception of all the characters, how I think of them, and how I think they should be. Joker should be this absolute psychotic but can still be calm in a psychotic way 
and Batman should just be this very rugged, dark, serious character that still has bits of light kind of shine through his personality. See, the the thing about Christopher Nolan's Batman films to me is that they're too serious, they're too grounded. So the thing about Batman and his rogues gallery is that most of them are inherently very silly. I mean, for, just look at the Joker, actually. Like, his his main villain is a clown, a literal fucking clown. And then he's got villains that are based on Alice in Wonderland. He's got villains that are Tweedledee and Tweedledum. He's, the, this, he's got this, a villain this that's this the penguin that's like... <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I prefer him being... You know, he can still be this kind of dark, serious, brooding character, but in the middle of such a ridiculous world. Yeah. And like, even the rest of the Bat family tend to, to be much lighter, apart from Damian Wayne. The, like, the rest of the Bat family do tend to, to be be a bit of a balance to his seriousness and a bit more fun. Uh, but yeah, there wasn't really a lot of fun to be had in the Nolan films. I think I think I did like the seriousness of the Nolan films. Um, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Tell you what, I think is a fantastic Batman, but not a great Joker. Like I, I think it's the design of Joker I could never get on with. Lego Batman. I'm sure we've spoke about this before in the podcast. I love Lego Batman. In fact, we definitely have spoke about this before on the podcast because I've spoke about how much I love it when uh, Robin says, uh, oh, my God, Batman lives in Bruce Wayne's basement. He goes, no, Bruce Wayne lives in Batman's attic. Because <laughs> <laughs> that film really understands better than most that Bruce Wayne is like his cover. He doesn't put a mask on so that nobody recognises he's Bruce Wayne. He takes the mask off so that nobody recognises that he's Batman. But he's Batman all the time. Wow. Yeah, deep. (laughs) (laughs) I can get deep. Okay. Uh, Are we ready to talk about Blue Beetle? Oh, is that what we're here for? Yeah. That that is what we're meant to be talking about. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we're all right, weren't we? Hey, we're good. Cheers, guys. Bye. All right, yeah. Uh, join us next time. <laughs> no, so well, sh- shall we try and do a quick spoiler-free section, and then we'll move into spoilers if we have to, if we must. So, so I, I think, I think, all right is about as uh, excited I can get about it. When people have asked me how it is, it, it, it's not like, yeah, you need to go and see this in the cinemas. I like, said that it, it's pretty good. It's yeah, it's all right. But I, I would describe it as a Sunday afternoon film. It's something that you can yeah. put on. It's you know, it's pretty family friendly. You can imagine it being on TV, middle of a Sunday. Put it on, bit a bit of a background film. It's enjoyable enough. It's fun enough, and it's not doing anything really groundbreaking. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think there's anything in this film where I was like, oh, yeah, I've never seen that before. I don't think there's anything that really took my breath away in this film. 
there were that the, there was stuff that I liked a lot, but it all felt kind of derivative of things that have come before. Yeah, it's it's very hard for films to not feel very derivative in some ways. It it takes a very special film to not. I don't think that's always the case. But sometimes, especially superhero films now, because they have been so big for so long. I mean, long. that's. I think that's what I mean. More in superhero films, it's very. It takes something special to 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 read, invent the wheel. Yeah, I think it's sometimes like the safe option with these films as well. I, yeah, I don't want films to go for the safe option, but it's a bit like a paint by numbers. It's like okay, so. Uh, this has to happen in Act 1 and this has to happen in Act 2 and this has to happen in Act 3 and we'll just fill in the gaps between there and and that's kind of how this felt. It felt like it was it was just going across the same usual formula. Something I did think is that you see people a lot online, in comment sections, talking about how the MCU is shit now. The MCU's trash uh, it's too this, it's too that, it's too woke, it's whatever. And like the, the the main thing that people seem to want is people always say, you know, it needs to it needs to go back to to like phase one MCU stuff. This is probably the most like a phase one MCU yeah. film I've seen in years, and people have not turned out for it. Plus, it's got Mexicans. Well, to be honest, like I'm surprised that hasn't helped. The box office. People bitching about it. Or do you mean the diversity in it? I mean the diversity. Like, it's a very culturally aware film. Black Panther, the first Black Panther, uh, is a great film, and I'm not taking anything away from the film. But one of the reasons it achieved such a huge box office is because African-Americans particularly were very excited to see representation in a superhero film, and they turned out for that film in droves. Why is the same thing not happening with the Latin American audience? Like, is is there something missing here? Maybe it's maybe it's too little, too late. Maybe it's seen as exploitative. Maybe it did. It didn't feel exploitative to me. I think. Obviously, I can't really speak from that point of view, but I feel that yes, it it shows a lot of the like the family aspect of it works really well, um, and it points out that they're Mexican, and the family dynamic is one of the better things yeah. about this film. Massively, it's probably one of the best things, but I don't think the Mexican culture itself is massively in the film whereas in black panther the the african culture builds a lot in it you know with the ceremonies and things like that yeah but in this i think it touches it points to the fact they're mexican um but it doesn't deep dive into the culture of what that means if that makes so, sense, I, I suppose yeah. So, so in Black Panther, it's it is an it's an African nation, and it's like an an African technological utopia almost. Yeah. So maybe that helped, whereas 
this is this is Latin American, so it is more about how how they are treating America and how they are seen by corporations and, yeah. and big business and things like that. Big um, oil, you fucking asshole. <laughs> but but yeah, the, the family dynamic I did really like in this. And, and like I said, there's a lot that feels derivative. And, and that is what one, like if this had come out a few years ago, that would have felt so fresh and original. But yeah. after Miss Marvel, it doesn't. It feels like they're trying to do a Miss Marvel. Well, they do, in a way. But I'd say the, the, the main difference between the family dynamic there and the family dynamic here, and this is... We're starting to get into spoiler territory here, but this is in the trailer, uh, so it's not really a spoiler. But there, there is never a question of of a secret identity. There is never a question of him keeping secrets from his family. Like, his initial transformation happens in full view of his entire family, and they are there with him from start to finish. They are an integral part of his journey all the way through. And that I, I really liked. I also liked how... And, you know, it's it's a small thing, but it's one of the things that gives it believability, is in conversation, they were just switching between, like, Spanish and English in that way that the only people who have grown up bilingual ever seem to do. Yeah. And uh, if you've ever heard, like, someone who's bilingual talking to their family, that is how they do it. And if they can't think of the word in one language quick enough, they're just swapping between languages mid-sentence and i really liked they did it so well as well that 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 happened all the time in this and it just made it that bit more believable i think another thing i liked was the suit so the actual suit looked really good and i think the reason for that is it had no cgi like the actual body of the suit yeah so like, there must I, have been I think bits there of... was there was a thing uh, the director put out they wanted to use as much raw effects as possible. So this he was wearing the suit, yeah, rather than it being CGI or anything like that. And I think that stood out. And I've and always, I wish I've more always, movies would do that. I've always preferred practical effects, especially. I mean, CGI is great when you're going to put the time and the money into it. If you're going to try and rush your CGI, which is, we've spoken about it before, it's what too many of these films are doing these days, it does not look good. Uh, and, and like, I saw someone on Twitter uh, a few weeks ago post a picture of Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and was like, look how good CGI looked. What we talking, like 15 years ago? Something like that? Yeah compared to how it looks now. Like, why did it look so much better then? And it's because they knew what they were going to do from the start. And they, I, I think the issue now is they're way too willing to change it right up to a few weeks before release because they're like, actually, we don't like that anymore. We need to change it. No, you need to lock your CGI in early so that it can have trust, the time. Because CGI can look fantastic when it is done properly massively uh end game 
the portal scene, all CGI, but looked fantastic. I mean, it, yeah, it, it it looked it looked good. I still, you know, that there there's still the, there's better CGI out there. There's better CGI out there from years ago. It's like no, what at... I mean is like newer. Yeah, newer, yeah. newer films like that is probably a best example of newer CGI actually looking good. But practical effects just don't age in the same way, in my opinion. Well, no one cares about your opinion, so let's move on to spoiler free. Uh, spoiler. F- spoiler riffing. All the spoilers. Let's move <laughs> on to all the spoilers. Yeah. Okay. I'll elaborate on what I said about it feeling derivative. This felt to me like they've gone oh so you like you like marvel films you like the way that marvel did it right okay let's do all that so the suit feels very iron man it's even got basically a, a jarvis slash friday voice yeah like okay if you want if you want the the scarab to actually talk to him and interact with him that is fine i'm on board with that but why does it sound like an AI? Like why? Do, why does it sound like a computer voice, and not like a an alien voice or something? I don't know. Like it, it sounds very robotic and AI, and and it's they're trying to do an Iron Man. That's what it is. And even the way the suit covers him feels very uh, Iron Man's nanobots, and the way he can make different weapons out of it. Like the the blasters that he makes even look a lot like the blasters that Iron Man makes in uh, Infinity War. Yeah, and so but that that felt purposeful. And then Jaime's personality reminded me a lot of of Peter Parker, Spider Man. And then yeah. I've already said like the the family aspect that feels like they've taken that from Miss Marvel. And I don't know if they have. I don't know if this would have been already written before that came out. I don't know. Um, and then, I mean, the thing that really got, because I, I, I'm i watching it and I'm like, okay, so that's like it comes from that and that it's like it comes from that. And then Jaime goes to the fucking ancestral plane to talk to his dad. <laughs> it's like, oh, you've even got a bit of Black Panther in here. Oh, and then also Iron Man, the, the enemy felt a lot like Ironmonger from the end of Iron Man. Now I thought it reminded me of um, those Japanese robots. Of what? Those Japanese robots, what they're called. Um, what, like a Gundam or something? Yeah, it reminds me of Gundam. I don't know, it just felt very like Obadiah Stane. And I know it's it's kind of a trope in superhero films anyway, but it was just like uh, a bigger, stronger but also kind of clunkier, more robotic version of his suit. Yeah. And that it just felt a lot like Iron Man versus Ironmonger from the end of that first Iron Man film. And and if anything, actually, this has just made me want to rewatch Iron Man because that is a much better film. <laughs> I think with like, the actual plane thing, though, like, I get... I feel like that scene was so needed and I get it like all the candles like that was emphasizing on the Mexican culture sort of thing. I don't think that scene was needed. I disagree. Like I feel like it was he needed his dad to say like cuz from the start of the film he was like I'm still looking for my purpose. 
and you'll find yours. And I think he needed to hear his dad said, this was my purpose to help you with yours. And I think it just like, it solidified that, that, that bond they have as a family. I don't know. It just, it felt like, uh, just an attempt to pull up the heartstrings with no particular basis around it. And to be honest, like I wasn't that upset when his dad died. Because oh yeah, by the way, his dad dies. Well, we're in spoilers now. I know. I'm just telling everyone. I thought it was a bold move. Like a lot of people, a lot of movies are threatened and scared to kill off main characters. If you call him a main character, though, like he feels like he had the least development through the entire film, and maybe that's because they thought, well, why bother when we're going to kill him off? I would have been a lot more upset. If his uncle had died. Hey, his dad died was a canon event. No, seriously, like his uncle gets so much more screen time and so oh, much so more funny. So much more like personality. And he's he's more of a fleshed out character than his dad. Like Can we just also touch on the point that his uncle seems to know how to do fucking everything? Yeah, well I think that's kind of the point, isn't it? Is like his uncle could have been a really successful engineer, but he's he's looked over partly because he's Mexican, I think, and partly because he comes from the poor side of town. So no one ever really gives him the time of day. Yeah. Um I I I also I kind of felt like everyone in this and I, it's not particularly a negative, but it's not a positive either. Everyone kind of felt like a a cartoon character. Like everyone kind of felt like a caricature. So you've got like the uncle who's like the conspiracy theorist. And then you've got the villain who is a business tycoon who will do anything for the sake of profit. You've got the uh, grandma has got a secret past. That I did like, because up, up until then, up until then, I was thinking, like, even the grandma's just like a caricature. She's like the grandma from Coco. <laughs> that just, she's always like knitting and sewing and, and just getting on with doing the old lady things. Okay, no, we're dying. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think when they start to hint and then they even say that, like, she had a revolutionary past. I, I appreciated that because it felt like they were, yeah, they were letting her break free of that kind of caricature. Um, I, I, but then, like, I, I can't even remember her name now. But Jaime's love interest, Jenny. Like also, it, it just it all feels like it's been done before. It all it all feels just by the numbers, like I said. I, no, I completely get what you mean, but I think that just, it made it an easy film to watch. Like you were saying, like a Sunday film. Yeah, like, yeah, but it that's just exactly it. It's easy to watch. It's not, it's not breaking any moulds. In fact, I would, I would go as far to say not only does it not break moulds, but it just sits nicely. It doesn't even bend the mould slightly. It sits perfectly within the mould. <laughs> They've used the fucking mould to make it's, this film. Kind of seems that's what they were maybe trying to do. Oh, I know, but I just... What would you rather have, a bad film or a solid seven film? No, I wouldn't say this is a seven. 
but I, I would rather have a film that takes chances. That's what I'd rather. I would rather have a film that tries to do something different, even if it fails. You enjoyed Ant Man, then, yeah. What? What? Uh, Ant Man wasn't trying to do anything that different. It felt different. Maybe because in a it good was, way. Because it was all set in a CGI world, but not. There, there was nothing different in terms of the story or anything. Hey, that's something new. Trying to do a full CGI film, basically. Uh, me like Avatar. Shut the fuck up. The like shut uh, shut shut up <laughs> shut up right now. Go back and watch the first Avatar. Ah, oh, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, and just look at look at how well the CGI in that has aged. Uh, but yeah, so sorry, getting slightly off topic there. No, I'm, I mean like different, like uh, Spider Verse, and even just like into the Spider Verse, not even across because across the Spider Verse, into the Spider Verse pushed Scott envelopes. Pilgrim. Yeah, like it's doing something different. It's doing something new, and that that's a film that uh, Scott Pilgrim and Kickass are two films that I think did something new. Yeah. Like when you say of, of a film doing something new, there are two films that I think of. Well, what what do you think to to Jaime as a character? Like, can you can you tell me anything about him? He's got is is a, a pre lawyer. Like what? What what does he like? What are his interests? Family. What well, that? He's Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the sort of thing I mean, like. A lot of his family seem much more fleshed out than he is. I don't really know anything about him other than, like you say, he wants to protect his family. He wants to get his family out of poverty. And, and, and that's it. And he just wants to meet a pretty girl. But there's that bit at the end, or towards the end, where the suit says to him, and again, this was in one of the trailers, the suit says, anything that you can imagine, I can create. And he makes this big fuck-off anime sword. He's like, oh, it's, oh. The, it's the sword from... Um, Is it from, like, it? Final Fantasy or something? It looks like a, a great big Final Fantasy sword. No, yeah, it is. It's the Buster Blade from um, Final Fantasy. Right. Just looked at a picture of it. That would have made but a that, lot more that sense. That would have felt so much better if, before that, there'd have been some mention of yeah. the fact he loves gaming or... If they'd established... That that's a game that he likes. If it had just shown one clip of him playing Final Fantasy, then that would have tied it together. But as it is, it's just he makes a big sword. Yeah, and I feel like that that there must have been something to foreshadow that the first earlier thing in he the film that's been cut. When she says you can create any weapon you want, the first thing he thinks of is that sword. Yeah, like why? Tell us why. So I uh, yeah I. I, I bet when this comes out on Blu-ray, I bet there is a deleted scene just of him playing Final Fantasy or something because it kind of doesn't make sense without it. And most people wouldn't have known anything other than it is a big sword. Yeah. I, I, I do agree with that. But if also, if I was going to make a Final Fantasy sword, I'd have made of a gun blade. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cooler. Anyway... <laughs> I think if I were going to make the Final Fantasy sword, I'd have made Tidus's like big dragon sword for the one that's like massive and just got like a hook on the end. Uh, I'd have made a, a blitz ball ball that I could have just kicked at people like Wacker does. 
Okay, we get. I do. To... <laughs> I, I do have to. I do have to stay say from like a, a stunt background kind of point of view. Some of the, some of the. I know there weren't a lot of fight scenes, which is kind of another bit of a bugbear of me. Mine is that there wasn't. I don't want not the big CGI fights, but like him in the actual suit. No, I agree. I doing agree. stuff, there wasn't enough of it. But the little fight scenes that they were, like the stunt side of things with the actual combat, not him using the weapons, was really good. Yeah. And it was really clean and the camera angle showed it well. Whereas in a lot of films, it doesn't yeah, show I'm, I'm... it from the camera angles. And it does that on purpose. to Maybe he's trying to uh, take from the Shang-Chi mold. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of the choreography was really good and I liked the choreography of the fights uh, in general. Uh, another positive, because I feel like I have been very negative on it and I didn't hate this film. Um, it's just... I think the negatives of this film are more interesting to talk about than the positives in general. Because... just Because, because the positives are basically just like, it's not... A terrible film. You remember that said <laughs> thing I said a few podcasts about us. What what about what if uh, production companies are making bad films just so you talk about how bad it is? <laughs> They're doing it. But, but I mean, people generally aren't when you, when you see people talking online. No one is saying this is a terrible film, but also no one's no. raving about it. And and that's that's what it's missing into is missing people raving about it to to get it because i think especially post covid but the cinema going landscape is very different and whereas before people might have been much more willing to go and see an okay film at the cinema i think people aren't now and people if it's if if it's not great if they're not hearing really fantastic things about it they're just going to wait for it to come to streaming Especially when digital release times are getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, they really are. Like the, the Meg Two, you can buy digitally, or you can rent it digitally. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you can buy it, but you can definitely rent it digitally. It was out in cinemas for about three weeks before it was available to rent online. You could have picked a better film. It's it's the one that I've noticed was particularly short. Dungeons and Dragons. Is a really good film. It's an okay film. Okay, it's a good film <laughs> in the fact that I think it does really capture playing how playing D D kind of feels between the party. Yeah, and that came out very onto street onto like to like Ren on like Sky. It came on there very quick. Yeah, but in Blue Beetle, one detail that I really liked. And I feel it's quite subtle. Is so there's a scene where it his mom says to him, like, go kick their asses. And obviously he has connected with the suit and like symbiote. They've become symbiotic. And he's and he says to her to the to the suit, I can't remember her name, what should we do? Or something like that. Yeah. And it replies in Spanish saying, let's kick their asses. Yeah. And I thought that was a really nice detail about the symbioticness of the relationships gone. Yeah, that is basically what I was building up to. So when when I just said, like, 
I want to say something positive because I've been, I feel like I've been very negative on it. Have I took your positive but, comment? Well, it's it's not it's not just that. It is like the gradual, the gradual merging of the two. So when Jaime first gets the suit and he shoots out of the roof and it takes him to space and then it shoots him back down and it cuts tell, the bus in tells, half. Tells and he's overreacting. Yeah, I, there, there is nothing that he can do or say. He is basically along for the ride at that point and it will not listen to him. And the further and further that they bond the further that, that the two of them merge, the more it starts to listen. Uh, because at first, the suit is very willing to kill and he's trying to stop it. And then at the end, you have that moment where he is the one who is trying to kill and the suit has to stop him because the suit has listened and taken on board Like, we don't what kill. He wants. We're not killers. Yeah, and knows at that moment that if he kills that guy, he will regret it. And especially like after the, the suit has seen this dude's memories and Jaime hasn't. So, so you know, the suit understands more than he does. And so has to, him. has to talk him down and, yeah, ex- explains to him that this is not the right thing to do. And I, I did I did like that that gradual connecting of the two. And uh, and then by, by the very end, he he is able to don the suit at will, which is something I did not really been able to do until then. Yeah, and about he's only like at the very end after the big fight when uh, he wants he offers to take to his give. girlfriend for a ride. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do you know what that? And it was fantastic because I think throughout we've not said how. I feel like throughout this film we were both chuckling. Yeah. It was it was a fun it was quite funny. Yeah. Like one of the last things the suit said is uh, there's an unusual amount of blood to go into your lower yeah. regions. It was it was just a quite funny moment. Yeah, no, I agree. Um as as unfleshed out as I felt like uh the character of Jaime was I did really like the actor uh, Zolo Mariduena, and I hope that we see more of him. Yeah, I don't know if you know based on this film. I don't know if we're getting a Blue Beetle too, but James Gunn has did say it. So uh, I believe saying that basically Blue Beetle is in his like vision. Yeah, and, and I think he has said that this version of Blue Beetle will carry forward, but that was before this came out and before it basically yeah. flopped. So I think it will make its budget back, but that that is not enough to make it a success. I think its budget was around $100 million and it has so far made $83 million. But general rule of thumb is that you spend an equal amount of the budget, then goes on to the uh, advertising campaign. So realistically, it would have to make two hundred million 
to break even, and it's not going to do that. Well, yeah. Not in cinemas anyway. And maybe this will come to streaming early to try and recoup some of that. Because I think I think that's something, you know, The Flash did really poorly at the box office and then did quite well streaming because, you know, as much as people didn't want to go to the cinema for a film that they'd heard was mediocre, they did still want to see it because they knew that Michael Keaton's Batman was in it. But also I think a lot of people, like, we didn't go to see it for for specific reasons as well. Probably came into it a bit. Yeah, for the people that keep up with it, but like I've said before, the majority of people, they won't know who Ezra Miller is or why there's any controversy around them, but that these are the people that you need to be getting into the into the cinema to make your film a success. It's not yeah. enough to get just the the hardcore superhero movie fans. You need to get the general population on board. I reckon a lot of this then. It's probably getting affected. It is getting affected by the facts more than we realise, because obviously there's no promotion. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the film's promotion comes from actors, writers, yeah, and just just on talk shows. And yeah. you know, all all the big American talk shows have been cancelled because they've not got the writers for them anymore. Um, but like they get celebrities going on for them for different reasons, but they still promote their movies that are coming up. Yeah, so those chat shows, the American ones, aren't happening because of the writers' strike. So then you'd normally you'd 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 have uh you'd have the actors from this, you'd have Zolo married Wayne would be over here on Graham Norton or something. But then because the actors are striking, they're not doing that either. So there is literally like no no promotion happening from the cast. And I feel like that's a massive part of it. I believe June two has just been pushed back purely because of that, because the actors are still striking. Like, the film is finished. They have filmed the film, but the actor's job is not over at that point. That that was due to come out the same time as the Marvels. So I do wonder if that is going to end up being pushed back as well. It could work well for the Marvels, though. So this is completely off topic, but the Marvels and June 2 were both coming out at the same time, but June 2 had already booked the IMAX screens. So the Marvels was not going to get an IMAX release. But now that's been pushed back, the Marvels could be in IMAX. Uh, so it could be one for, for Marvel to weigh up. Like, do we keep this date and get the IMAX screens or do we move so that we can get the promotion? Yeah. But it's that chance of if we move, we still might not get the promotion because... How long are they going to strike? Yeah. Yeah, well, you'd imagine they'll have some sort of idea when they're expecting it to end, even if they're not sharing that publicly. When's everyone's rent due? Yeah. Well, the the studios must have a date in mind, right? We cannot let this go longer than Christmas. Yeah. They, They must have an idea. And and I'd imagine the guilds will as well. Like, we cannot keep people out of work for more than six months, something like that. I don't know. But th- there will be dates that they've got uh, penciled in where, like, it needs to have ended by now. Yeah. And, and then it's a case of kind of who breaks first. Yeah. 
So, okay. Time for the ratings. Uh, out of five Beatles, how many Beatles would you give this? Out of five Beatles? Not ten Beatles. You want to do ten Beatles? We can ten do ten Beatles. Beatles. Ten Beatles. Wait, I need so to that... find some more Beatles. So I think it's a seven. You think it's a seven? I mean... I... A seven to me is very average. I'd watch it again on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, surely average is a five. No, because I feel like five is just... Like, if you're doing it out of 10, surely 10 is, you know, amazingly perfect. perfect and couldn't be any better. One is just like a complete shit show, and five is average, and then you work around that. Because I'd say it's probably f- like, if five, if five is just bog-standard average, I would say this is maybe a six. What's a five movie? Oh, God. Uh, you put me on the spot now. I don't know. Like, what? What what is your definition of the most like just a movie? movie the most that there the is? most just like vanilla movie. Yeah, vanilla sky. No wait, that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, God, yeah. No, I'm 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 too on the spot. I can't think. I, I think I'm, so. I'm gonna Google. I'm gonna Google what is the most average movie. Well, someone here has said that the Maze Runner is the most average movie. I'd, that that feels about okay. right. So, so the 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 amazing Spider Man, uh, yeah, that's that's a, just a, a an average movie. Okay, that yeah, I'd go for a six then. If they're fives, I'd say this is a six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd, six. So we're agreed five. on six. Six Beatles. Six point for six and a half Beatles. Chop one in half. Oh yeah, you're gonna have the Peter on your back now. <laughs> Griffin? Yeah. Right, so that is our Blue Beetle episode. It will be a few weeks before the next episode. So we are in the works for an ADHD Awareness Month episode in October, uh, talking about films from our favourite actors with ADHD. So that might be his next episode. Um, Might be a filler in between there, I'm not sure. I don't think... Is there anything between... Now and kind of October. I know you're on holiday for two weeks, lazy bastard. I don't know. I I can't think. I can't think what the next big releases are. So obviously we've got the Marvels and we've got Doctor Who that are both in November. When yeah. is Loki? When's Loki series two? Is November. That, that can't be November as well. I'm sure it is. Loki series two is the sixth of October. Are we going to do our weekly episodes again for Loki? Oh my god. It was so stressful. Are we gonna what try? If it's get... not good. <laughs> like Secret Wars. I mean, I you know we what? will try and do weekly. On the first, we'll do one a, an episode for the first episode of Loki, and there and then we will decide if we are going to continue <laughs> with the pain of doing it weekly. You know, yeah. Secret Invasion wasn't good, and but I had a lot of fun recording the episodes about it, and I, I... Uh, there was a lot of scroll talk that needed to come out. Yeah. And now that we've got that out of our system, we'll never mention scrolls again. Apart from that time, he just mentioned scrolls. Yeah, and that time. Okay, well, we're we're, we're spiraling. Let's. I'm going to wrap this episode up. Okay, so thank you very much for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us on notnpod at gmail dot com. You can message us on social media. We are at News of the Nerd everywhere. If you've enjoyed listening, 
please subscribe on your podcast app of choice and please give us a rating. And the most helpful thing that you can do to help us grow and to help us spread is to tell your friends, tell your co-workers, tell your family, tell anyone who you think would be interested in listening. Uh, basically, tell your nerds. So until next time, that is goodbye from me. Goodbye. Have a beautiful time. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>